You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome, everybody, and I hope all is going well with all of you. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and you're looking forward to the new year. We're almost at the end of the year. We're in December, so hopefully things change and turn around for the better for next year. Um, but thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra, and on today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about 360 contractual deals. Yes, we've heard a lot about artists talking about these horrible record contract deals that they're in. I know many celebrities have spoke out against, you know, the record companies and the bad contracts that they've signed over the years with artists such as Prince. You know, we've heard it from Michael Jackson, Taylor Swift and dealing with her company and trying to get the rights to her masters. But I kind of want to get into a little bit about what is a 360 deal exactly? So what a 360 deal is, it's a deal between the record company and the artist, where the record company gets not only paid from sales on records sold, but by the artist. Also, they receive money from live performances, music streaming, concerts, merchandise, endorsements, movies, TVs, TV appearances, including publishing. And before that, in many years prior, most artists, before they started to get record, um, before they started to include 360 deals in all of these artists record contracts they in years prior most artists didn't sign a 360 deal they were able to keep all their profits from endorsements and merchandise however over the years record companies realized how lucrative these deals were and how artists were able to capitalize off these deals even after the contracts are over with record labels and with the decline of record sales artists could still make money off these deals and they decided to include them in record contracts so so record companies were making billions of dollars in sales off these artists, but with the new era of musical streaming, a lot of people stopped buying albums. So there was a huge decline in most of these record companies. So record sales were nearly cut in half into the sum of about 50%. Um, in the early mid 2000s, people were getting on free streaming sites such as Napster. Um, I think Livewire was another one of them. And, you know, sites were selling albums and songs for lesser to no cost at all for free online. I mean, you could literally get online and find your favorite song that was out and download it for free. You know how everybody used to kind of like burn their favorite songs on CDs and listen to them. I know that's what I used to do. But after some years, I remember a lot of artists were speaking out against how that was cutting into their costs and how they weren't making any profits off of these songs that were being put onto the internet. And so artists and record companies at the time were not making any profits off of it because it was something that was up and coming, these streaming online streaming sites. And so after a while, you know, the artists and the record companies started to realize, you know, we can make some money off of these. A lot of people are kind of going more to online streaming, you know, to get actual albums and songs that they really like. So these record companies started to, um, you know, cut deals with a lot of these streaming sites. And so they were able to make money off of it. However, the artists were the ones that were suffering because they weren't making any money. They didn't have it in the contracts where actual artists could profit off of these streaming sites. 
But before I go into a little bit more about, you know, the streaming and how artists were getting paid for that and the amount that they were actually receiving from the record companies for profit off the songs that they were that were being displayed online, I kind of want to get into um, advancements. Now, we hear a lot about and we see a lot of these up and coming artists getting these huge advances, advancements from these record companies. But a lot of times people don't understand and a lot of artists don't really understand is what the actual advancement entails in that the fact that many of these artists think that money is free money and that it comes from the record companies just giving them something to live on, you know, for the moment. But what they don't really realize is that, you know, that money is something that is recoupable. So let's just say, for example, the artist doesn't, you know, sell enough records. Then at the end of that particular contract, the record company, you know, makes sure that the artist has to pay them back for that. And a lot of the artists use that money to buy expensive jewelry, um, expensive cars, lavish houses. We see them flossing in videos. And, you know, we all think that these artists essentially are living the good life. And they've been broken off of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars for the record companies when the money received depends on the contract a lot of times. So it could be as low as $10,000 that the artist receives an advancement from the record company or upwards to a million dollars. It all just depends on what the agreement in the contract is. If it's more of a lesser known record company, then the advancement usually is something a little bit more smaller, like in the sum of 10000 um, to let's say fifteen to 20000 But if it's under a big record company such as Columbia <clears throat> Capital Records or so forth, usually they cut off the, they, they give the artist a $1 million advancement. Sometimes it's lesser, sometimes it's more, but once again, it all depends on you know, the agreement and the contract. Um, but that money initially essentially is something that the record company is investing in the actual artist. So these artists just think that, oh, this is all the free money that I get from the record company. This is what they're giving me. But if the artist doesn't sell enough records, then they're in the red with the record companies. And that's money that the artists will be in debt with the record company with in the end when they don't sell enough records. I mentioned previously the money is all recoupable and the reason why these record companies hand over this money to the artists oftentimes is because they want to give them that money as an expense. You know, they want to give the artists that so that they're able to get houses and jewelry to kind of live up to, you know, the image that these artists are trying to portray. If you're a rapper, a lot of the times, you know, you got to have the fancy jewelry, you know, you have to have the nice cars, the shiny watches you know the foreign exotic cars and stuff like that so they're giving you that money to kind of put you up on something momentarily until you're actually able to you know make some money for the record company so a lot of these naive up-and-coming rappers and singers and all these artists are naive and kind of think, oh, this is just some free money that I'm getting because, you know, I made it. When they're not realizing that there's a lot of, you know, stipulations that come with the record contract. And most of the times they're not even taking the time to read these contracts. Sometimes they don't even care to have a lawyer involved when actually signing these contracts. And, you know, also these artists, since they're not really familiar with 
with how business works, they don't oftentimes realize that these record companies don't take taxes out of the payments that they're giving them. Oftentimes you hear a lot about these artists, you know, owing the IRS all this money. And it's kind of like, well, how is it that all of these artists are owing the IRS all of this money when they should know that they have to pay taxes? Well, that's because most of the record companies don't take taxes out of them. And oftentimes these new artists, they get accountants in that are actually given to them by the record companies and they're thinking that they're going to do right by them but little do they know they're stealing money from them and not actually taking the taxes out so when tax time comes around they're thinking they're all in the good they're going to get all this money back and then soon they're realizing that they owe this huge bill from the IRS but they're realizing when they're looking at their account since they've been spending all this money in strip clubs or you know giving this money away to family and friends and all this stuff that they don't have enough money to pay back this money to the IRS and depending on whether or not they're able to sell records then you know they're in debt and they have no means of actually paying back the IRS so this is why a lot of times you hear about a lot of artists being in debt because they don't have the proper people behind them essentially so let's just say that you know the artists they get their advancement they start making their album and the music that they put out is not selling so once they realize that the the songs that they're putting out or the albums that they put out are not selling they soon realize that you know they're in debt with the record companies because they're not able to sell any records. The record record companies that gave them that 10,000 or $1 million advancement are now in debt. And let's just say the record company has spent $2 million in total, including the advancement that they gave them to for funding to make the actual album. That includes, you know, paying for marketing, paying for promotion, you know, paying for touring expenses, you know, whether or not the art, the artist, actually has this big entourage that's following behind them which most rappers do they have a big entourage well all of that isn't free these people aren't following behind you just for the fun of it they're following behind you because it's not only is it an image that you have to keep up because you're an artist or a rapper or r&b singer who has a hairstylist you know a, a wardrobe stylist a makeup artist all of these people are not free even the entourages that you see trailing behind these rappers these guys when they're going on tour with these particular people these artists they are they have to pay for their hotel expenses the art they these guys don't have any money to do that so the artists have to fund all of that they have to fund all the food that they're eating you know the travel expenses the expenses and buying things for them such as clothes or whatever it may be these artists that comes out of their pocket so all of this stuff essentially pretty much adds up after a while and it also depends on the type of videos that they make you know when you see artists like Chief Keef who you can tell when he makes his videos you know he's often making them at someone's house and you know they don't really have I mean they usually have he usually has video girls in his videos but you know it's not extravagant like some rappers videos where you see all these exotic cars and stuff like that it's just a bunch of dudes that ain't got no shirt on shooting a video at their house but a lot of other rappers they go 
little bit more extravagant with it. They got the foreign cars in the videos. They have the mansions. You know, they have the hot girls. And it's usually more than one girl, which starts to be a little bit costly. Plus, you got to consider the location. So all of these things add up after a while. And if the artist isn't able to sell any records, then that's money that they're more in debt with the record company with. Then you have to consider how some of these rappers aren't actually writing a lot of their rhymes. Sometimes these rappers have ghostwriters. So all of that comes out of the, you know, record companies payments that they're giving to the artists that all comes out of their contract so these artists have to pay their ghostwriters to write all these songs for them that's going to start to get a little expensive especially if you want the you know the best ghostwriters to write rhymes for you and then you have to consider that you know the person who's your engineer or your producer all of that money costs a lot of that all costs a lot of money essentially as well so all of that comes out of the artist's record contract and so so let's just say they don't they don't sell any records. The album that they came out with is a huge flop. The record companies will oftentimes just shelve the next project. So an artist may sign a four album deal and the album's a complete flop. You know, a lot of times the record companies will say to themselves, well, since you weren't able to sell the first time, how am I going to trust that, you know, you're able to put out for the next time? We spent two, three million dollars on you, not including the advancement that we gave you. We gave you the top producers. We gave you all these flashy cars, you know, from the advancements that we gave you. We spent all this money on making the videos for you. We're paying for all your entourage, you know, your wardrobe stylist or whatever it may be. And you're not able to deliver. So for us now, we can't trust that if we give you more money for the next album, that you'll be able to deliver. So they'll shelve them. And which puts the, the most artists in a bind where it's like, if I'm not able to, you know, make money from this next album and most of these record companies, we have to consider that they get a profit off of touring the endorsements that they do. You know, they're not going to be willing to market them to anybody else because they weren't able to deliver the first time. So it makes it difficult for the artists to even pay back the money. So now these artists who sometimes are, you know, coming from the hood or whatever if you're a rapper or so forth they don't have two million dollars to pull out of their hat to pay back these record companies you know essentially the record companies are almost like banks they give you the money for your projects however if you don't deliver then you have to pay back that loan that they gave you that investment and even though that they're giving that one million dollar advancement up front that one million dollar advancement is just for you to get by until you actually create your album. So if your album is a flop, then the the essentially the bank, like any bank, if you know you don't you don't pay, make money on the payments that they gave you or make payments on the money that they gave you, then essentially you're in debt. You owe them. You know you owe them interest on top of that. So anytime that a record company gives the artist the money, they're expecting them to make their record companies are expecting to make back the money that they gave plus interest 
That's why it's absolutely important for artists to look over their contracts, have a good lawyer that is their own lawyer, not a lawyer that the record company is giving you to look over the contract to see if it's actually worth you signing. Because these young people that are coming into the music industry, especially in today's times, they're not privy to how business side, the business side of contracts actually work. And of course, the record companies they're only going to do things if it's within their actual benefit, not in the benefit of the artist, because they oftentimes feel like, well, we're putting out all this money, so we should generate a majority of the profits for it because we're putting up all this money for the artists. But these young artists don't realize that. But also it kind of brings into effect how these artists sometimes aren't even looking over their contracts properly because they're so hype about getting these $10,000, $1 million, you know, advancements. And they're thinking, oh, hey, you know, this is free money. I'm rich now and I'm just trying to get up out the projects or I'm just trying to get out of whatever situation that I'm in that they're blindsided by all this money and not realizing that they're putting themselves in debt. Then it also makes you kind of think to yourself, well, you know, what's going on with if, if all of this is happening? Why is it that these artists keep constantly signing into these bad record contracts? Well, like I mentioned previously, people are blindsided by the money that they're not willing to actually take the time that they need to have someone that they can trust look over these contracts like really good outside lawyers to kind of help them through it. And then you also think about these child stars that grow up and after the age of 18, 16, a lot of times they're broke. But what a lot of people don't realize is that if you're under the age of 18, your parent or guardian has to be there with you when you're actually signing the record or signing these record contracts or, you know, these studio contracts, if you're an actor or actress or so forth. And a lot of times the parents are signing these contracts for their kids and not having anybody read over them because they're money hungry. They're trying to live vicariously through their children. So everybody's so eager to get ahead in life and make money that they're not realizing that in the end, you're kind of hurting yourself. So that kind of gets me into the transition about independent labels versus mainstream labels. Now, independent labels are great. However, they do kind of have their pros and cons. Essentially, they can do some of the similar things that major labels do. But the only thing is most artists that are on independent labels have to finance everything where they have to actually pay for touring. They have to pay for their travel expenses. Um, they have to pay for all of their marketing, you know, pay for all their imaging and all of that stuff. And they have to pay for the press to actually make the the press to actually create these records oftentimes, whereas major record companies are able to do have bigger machines behind them. So they're able to create and make more albums than an independent label would. They have more gains to actually put you in better endorsement deals and do more promotion for the actual artists compared to independent record labels. So a lot of times you see most artists going to major record major labels because they have more backing behind them whereas independent labels they can kind of do the same things but there's a lot more legwork that the artist has to do when they're on an independent label 
And oftentimes the artist is financing everything that when they're on the independent label, because most of them aren't generating the same amount of money that, you know, Columbia is generating or, you know, Rock Nation is actually generating. So a lot of times the artists just see that as more opportunity for themselves. If I sign with a major label, then essentially I can be put in higher places and I can make way more money compared to going on an independent label. But with you hearing so many artists talk about how they've gotten robbed by some a lot of these major record companies, it kind of makes you think, well, how much are these ac- actual artists getting taken from from their record labels? Well, it depends on the actual contract that they're signing. A lot of times when it comes to the publishing in a record deal, a lot of the times the companies are taking 25 percent. Let's just say merchandise, they're getting 25 percent as well or from touring or performances, the record companies are taking 15% about 15 50% of that but it all depends on the agreement between the record company and the artist but a lot of times with these artists not actually looking over their contracts or believing you know that the contract is in the put in a better context that they're getting blindsided or they're not reading the fine print on the contracts where it actually ends up being a bad record deal and they're not they're really getting a small portion of everything let's take for example you know TLC you know over the years TLC has had some you know major financial issues when it comes to their group you know they've gone bankrupt many times and I know that it was told that they at one point in time were only making I think on their first album they only made about $75,000 a piece I mean and these are this is a group that was making millions of dollars for the record companies that they were under but that's largely because the contract that they signed it was more garnered towards the record company taking a big majority of it compared to them and a lot of you know TLC they had all these big budgets when it came to music videos the the cost of their touring and you know the theatrics that they had going on in the touring and the backdrops and paying all the dancers and all the expenses that they had you know in the end they were getting a small majority of it because everybody has to get paid before the artist and at the end of the day they also had all these top writers so all of that cost too so you know you you got to pay the writers for the publishing that they're going to be getting you know the royalties got to be paid out to these people the producers you know the touring everything all of that adds up but it's not free money essentially so you know if these artists aren't able to deliver or if they are delivering like TLC was delivering and at the end of the day after everybody else got paid like Arista and Pebbles and L.A. Reid and all these people that had their hands in the pot plus their record contract that they signed wasn't the best contract even though it was a 360 deal you know it was more garnered towards the record company profiting so at the end TLC made a small profit of that which is very sad because, you know, TLC is such an iconic group and they made such amazing music. And it's sad to see how a lot of these time, a lot of times how these artists get a small fraction of it. Is it fair that the record companies take a big majority of everything and give these artists little to nothing just because they actually invested in them? No, in my opinion, I feel like it should be an equal balance between the two, because even though the record companies are giving these artists money, it is essentially the artists that are putting out the work 
and making it happen because you see so many artists that you know are given all this money to make an album that can't actually sell and the fact that TLC was able to make the record companies millions of dollars that says a lot about the fact that they've had actual talent but you know the record companies don't see it that way they see it as they invested all this money in them and they took a risk on them and that they should actually benefit from the majority of it but then you also see you know artists out here such as let's just say I'm going to say for example Meg the Stallion because Meg the Stallion is it's a very well-known situation her beef with her previous label and Meg the Stallion was signed to an independent label called 1501 Entertainment and then eventually she got taken over to Rock Nation and signed a management deal and a record deal with them however what Meg the Stallion doesn't realize is that she actually had a great record contract. I mean, she in her contract, she was granted she signed a ten thousand dollar bonus. She got 40 percent royalty split, 50 percent of her publishing, 70 percent of her live performance. And uh, she also was able to receive a lot of money from sponsorship and garner about I think it was 15 percent of her masters, which, you know, in these times with most 360 deals that you sign, you don't even get your masters. That's not even an option for a lot of people in the record business. So. I know how she's kind of talked a lot about, you know, how they did her 1501 did her wrong over the years and how it was a bad deal in hindsight and looking at the details of her contract. It was a good deal. I know that she also said that she was very young and underage when she had signed her contract, but the reality is she was 21 years old. And I know that her mother was her manager at the time and was the one kind of doing all of her contractual business for her so you know Meg the Stallion wasn't no underage child when she signed this contract you know if she felt it was a bad deal she definitely should have had some lawyers in there to kind of help her with the contract to know if she actually signed a good contract but of course you know she's trusting her mother because her mother is handling her affairs you know she's not going to do her any wrong and what she didn't because the contract that she signed with 1501 was a very good contract where she got a lot of her publishing she got her masters you know she got a lot of money off of her live performances which in most major record companies the artists don't get that opportunity but over the years, you've heard so many artists talk about bad record deals that they have been that they have signed. You know, Prince was very vocal about it. Michael Jackson was very vocal about it. You know, Taylor Swift was telling everybody not to buy any more of her records after Scooter Braun had took over all her masters. And she wanted to remake all of those songs that she had produced previously because she didn't actually have, you know, the masters anymore. She wasn't going to make any money off of that. Scooter Braun was the one that made all the money off of her old songs so you know it's it's just very sad to see how a lot of times these artists get taken advantage of you know by these record companies but at the same time you know I encourage people to not get blindsided by money because at the end of the day you know it could be a situation where you're in debt for the rest of your life and if you come from you know a small town or you come from a place where you didn't really grow up with much money you know essentially taking that time to look over your contract is better for you than taking the money that they're giving you and being two three million dollars in debt by these record companies you're better off with no money 
than the money in, 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 in hindsight. And you're also better off sometimes taking the independent route. You know, it may take you a little bit longer to get to the top, but essentially you have control over everything. You have control of your publishing. You have control over your masters. You have control over your imaging and everything like that. And at the end, you'll be able to have money when you're older and you get to the point where you want to retire. Whereas a lot of these artists don't have money after it's all said and done after paying all these record companies back for publishing and all the stuff that's in their contract you know a lot of them end up broke a lot of them ended up owing the IRS all this money in the in the tens of millions and thousands of dollars whereas someone that takes the independent route has full control over everything and that they can eat off all of the money that they've generated over time for the rest of their lives and they're not struggling out here so read your record contracts don't be so eager to sign a deal just because you have money flashing in your face by these record companies and they're telling you oh if you sign with us we'll give you this one million advancement that one million advancement goes towards all the money that you're going to owe them if you don't sell any records you know so you also need to make sure that you have your lawyers when you're signing these contracts to to negotiate the terms and conditions with the label I mean if your label ever refuses a lawyer which they don't have that right to but a lot of times I've heard stories of of artists going into these uh, record companies to sign the deal with the record companies and then refusing them a lawyer. If that's the case, then you know that's not the deal for you. If a record company doesn't want you to have a lawyer at the time that you're signing into the contract with them, that's a huge red flag right there. And then look into being an independent artist. While major labels kind of help you to become mainstream, oftentimes, like I said previously, the price you pay to if you don't sell is way more higher than if you actually, you know, signed over with them. And in the end, you'll be you won't be in debt in the tens of millions of dollars, you know, with no means of income to kind of help you, you know, pay off this money. Because like I said before, a lot of times these record companies would just shelve you and you have no means of doing live performances or, or if you do have the ability to do live performances they're not in the upwards of hundreds of thousands of dollars that you need to actually make to pay off these record companies you know so just be careful when it comes to 360 deals you know in the end of the day I will say that most 360 deals are you know bad to sign however in today's times that's the only option that most you know artists have and when you go to the mainstream companies everybody signs over signs over to a 360 deal there is no no way out of that situation but you know just take the time to look over your contract and you know have a lawyer there with you that can kind of go over the pros and cons so with that being said i want to thank all of you for tuning in to another episode of vibe selection i am your host kyra stay safe out there and join me again next week for another episode and if you like this episode you can also re-watch it on youtube like and subscribe to my youtube channel you know message me on instagram at i am kyra mahoney have a very wonderful day and stay safe thank you for joining vibe selection with kyra Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.